Welcome to the Golden Age of Cardboard podcast, where we remember a time when stacks of cards were held together with rubber bands and Mickey Mantles were put in bike spokes. We hope you will enjoy and reminisce as you come along with us as we tell stories about the baseball cards from the Golden Age of Baseball. We will examine the state of the vintage baseball card market and talk to some of the greatest collectors in the hobby. You won't be hearing us talk about any chrome or shiny cards here. Now, to take you on this retrospective journey, here's your host, direct from the shallow end of the gene pool, my son, Mike Moynihan. Yo and hello everybody, Mike here. Welcome to another episode of the Golden Age of Cardboard podcast. It is that time of year again. We are in mid-May and it is time to start talking about the show, The National. Uh, I am giddy about talking about it every year. Uh, I never get tired of talking about it. It's one of my favorite events in the hobby. Uh, just because of what it means. And I've got my countdown going on my phone. We are now 71 hours, 16, I'm sorry, 71 days, 16 hours, 14 minutes, 25, 24, until I land in Chicago. And I'm going to bring the guest who comes on every year to talk about this with me. He's one of my best friends in the hobby, really one of my best friends, period, because he's such a great guy. Eric, those back pages. What's up, man? Hello, friends. Thanks for having me on, Mike. And I, I wish it was 71 hours, to be honest with you. Right. That was a that <laughs> was a Freudian week, slip right I'd there. I'd be fine with next week, absolutely. Yeah, we. I'd, I'd make things happen to make that uh, come off. But, man, we're 71 days away. Uh, and I don't know. Is it every year that it just keeps feeling like it's just getting better and better as a show? It really is. I mean, it's... I'm sure we'll get into more of the what the the kids call the deets later, but you know it's it's good to see the the growth of the hobby, regardless of what certain talking heads tend to say about it. Yeah, I find that the nationals kind of insulated from everything else going on in the hobby from a popularity standpoint because it's the show. Yeah, it's the Super Bowl of card shows. No matter how many other card shows there that have popped up in the new age of, of the hobby. The national is the national. Yeah. It never changes. One thing I will say right off the top is you will never hear Eric and I call the national with a plural. No, 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 no. That is a huge, huge pet peeve of mine. There is no S on the end of it. It's only one show. If it was multiple shows, you could call it the nationals national. Right. Not Period. The baseball team in Washington. Right. Correct. It is not the baseball team in Washington. Um, so, what do you look forward to most every year about the show? What is it that excites you the most? Being one hundred percent honest is seeing my friends. Yeah, yeah. For me, that's a huge draw. Especially, like, we have both gone to nationals before. See, that's where you can use plural because I'm talking about multiple nationals. That's right. In the past, uh, where I wasn't part of a larger collecting community through YouTube, content creation, whatever. 
uh, I had been part of some forums, but I was, you know, pretty just a guy on the forums, you know, nobody knew me or I didn't know anybody else. I wasn't friends with anybody else for sure. And ever since, you know, 2018, I think was the first national you and I met at and, uh, officially, yes. Well, sure. We good point in person, shaking hands, uh, actually giving hugs. Right. So yeah, it, it has totally transformed my hobby experience and my desire to go to the national is largely driven by the desire to see my friends. Uh, we, again, we can buy cards anywhere we want, anytime we want 24 seven. Right. So it's about that. I'd call it the entire experience. And I want to get into some details of the show. As you said, the deets of the show, I'm going to say to anybody out there that's looking to go to the national, you need to go. If you can go, you need to go. Would you echo that Eric? I agree a hundred percent for many reasons. We'll give a few of them while I'm pulling this up. Sure. Well, I think the main reason is, is like we've mentioned already the friends and I like to look at it as the friends old and new. Friends you've known a long time, friends you've not met yet, um, whether it be that whatever platform you choose to share your knowledge on and in the hobby, it's I can't remember a time where I've not met some at least a handful of people that I've never met before, whether it be it through my my own personal YouTube channel or just from from talking at the show. I mean, it's. It, it is very difficult to put into words the, the scope of the show for someone that's never been. And everyone I've in the past that I've convinced to go, not only do they say, yeah, you were right. I you wouldn't be able to, you know, parlay what this show is like to someone who's never been. And they also say, oh, I'm going to come back. <laughs> yeah. It is literally impossible for Eric and I to describe to someone who's never been what the show is like, but I will do my best to give you some of the, some of the details about it. Uh, The show this year is back in Chicago at the Rosemont center. It is a, for me, the best location that the national is, you know, in the, in the, in the cycle of different locations that they, that they host it. It is so convenient because the Rosemont Center, as you're seeing here on screen, is literally across the street. If, if, if the camera could pan left on this picture that's shown here, you would see rows of hotels, you know, four or five hotels right there. Uh, it's incredibly convenient. They're just, it, it's so easy, right? And the show is huge and it's only going to be bigger this year from what I understand there increasing the number of dealers at the yeah, show the floor space has, has grown exactly the biggest it's ever been it'll be the biggest it's ever been uh in terms of you know square footage and number yeah. of tables and all that in it Chicago, is i don't know about versus how the, you know back in the, the the 90s but for the last you know couple of decades this will be the biggest in chicago yeah, the dates are July 26th through the 30th, 2023. Uh, how do you go? Well, you buy tickets. You know, you, you need to get there. If, if you want a hotel, there is a hotel link here. I think these are probably going pretty quick. I would They're imagine. They're probably already gone, to be honest. <laughs> it's not already gone. I, I know, guys, it's May. The show's in July. You, If you want to go, you better get on it. it yeah. It, 
is kind of what I, my encouragement is to get on it. But you can click here and, and see what kind of hotel deals you can get. If not, that's okay. That shouldn't frustrate you and or deter you from going. No, it's you a just need to figure that out. Uh, then you've got tickets to the show. The show runs again Wednesday evening, late afternoon and evening, and goes all the way through Sunday, usually till six each night. Uh, there is tickets available with the exception of the super VIP is sold out. Uh, so don't worry about that. But VIP is, is if you're going to go more than several days, um, VIP is a good way to go. It gets you in all the, all, all the days of the show. You early. Get early and you get an hour early. You also get uh, VIP autographs. You get a VIP gift package. I'm sorry, it's one half hour early admission each day. You get to use the VIP lounge, <laughs> which is pretty lame, actually. If I'm yeah. being honest, <laughs> it's a place to sit down. Is yeah. really all it is with tables. So yeah, you can break boxes here and stuff like that. Um, and then they have daily tickets that you can get for twenty five dollars now. Actually, if you buy a one-day ticket, a general admission ticket, it's good for any day of the show. Like, you don't have to buy a Thursday ticket. Or you, right. if you don't know what day you're going to go yet, um, or maybe two days, it might be better just to buy a general admission ticket for 50 bucks to be able to go two different days. Uh, it, they're cheaper online if you buy them in person. Everything's a little bit more expensive if you go the day of the show. Well, I don't know if I'm going. Yeah, I know. Um but you, you need to go ahead and get your tickets. You can save some money. There's a cool pass. They started this, what, a few years ago, Eric? This five-day early entry pass? I think it was actually last year they started that. Okay. Where you can simply go and get in a half hour early and use the VIP lounge. It will not get you entry into the VIP party. There's really not a... I mean, if you're going to go every day, it's still cheaper than buying... Um, no, it's not cheaper than buying individual tickets. I guess if you went five days, that'd be what? $125. This is $149 online. Right. So you're getting a half hour each day. Plus uh, I think personally, I think the goodie bag can be pretty good. I mean, it's. So it's worth the extra 20 bucks. I think it is. I mean, it's depending on, you know, those of you that are listening, how much you know about hockey or not, but it's going to be interesting with, you know, next month is the NHL draft. The Chicago Blackhawks have the first pick. They're the pretty much the as much it's as you can be say, come on, it's gonna well, be as much as you can say a can't miss prospect in any sport. Connor Bedard is that prospect, and he's expected to go to the Blackhawks with the number one pick next month. Upper deck might do something for the national, which happens to be in Chicago. In the, so there might be a Bedard, some sort of Bedard promo card. I, I have no insider information on that. It's just pure speculation. It's something to keep in mind. And you could always, you know, if that's not your, if, if that's not your gig, you could always flip it to get some of your your fees back from your ticket. Yeah, yeah. That and all the cards that are put into those VIP packs are typically national exclusive type yeah. cards. So they're unique to the show. Uh, I've, I have VIP packs for dang near every year that I've ever been. 
that I've either gotten or whatever. They're 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 good. They got some cool stuff in them. Yeah, and then then upper deck also has Jordan Gretzky, LeBron. Right. Yeah. There, there's always something cool and different in there. Um, what they have. Let's let's go through each day because there's different kind of fun things to think about each day. We we do this kind of every year. I'm going to go to this schedule of events and that's might give us some things, but let's, let's start about Wednesday, which is the, the national sneak peek night. Um, what stands out to you about Wednesday? What do you like about Wednesday, Eric? Well, Wednesday is interesting because I think, I think the doors open at four. Does it say there? Um, open to VIPs at three thirty. Three thirty, and then general public at four. Yep. And I'm, um, being 100% honest, I'm surprised they haven't expanded that aspect of it yet to have a full day Wednesday, but it is what it is. I think what's really good about Wednesday, okay, if you want to get some of your cards slabbed with whichever from whichever slab company is your preference and you're going to be there most of the show... <clears throat> It would be best to get there. And that is also another one of the benefits of your VIP pass is to get there and get online and get them submitted. Because ideally, you'd like to submit them Wednesday. Typically, if you submit them Wednesday, they should be done by Friday or Saturday. Again, your mileage may vary depending on which company you choose and how, how the volume is. But that's one of the aspects that I... I've always appreciated about Wednesday. Another aspect about Wednesday that I like is that you're getting um, <clears throat> first dibs to whatever it is you may be looking for. And I'm sure Mike and I will discuss that in, later in the episode. But, yeah, I think you get, you're get you getting in early, you're getting a fresh, fresh selection. Actually, we can talk about that now because that's my favorite thing about Wednesday is the idea that everything is there pretty much, you know, there's deals that go on dealer to dealer starting on Tuesday in reality. Yes. But in terms of open to the public kind of, if you're looking for a certain card, you're going to have the most options available to you on Wednesday. As the show goes along, things get sold, things get uh, traded away, whatever. And you have less, chances now granted the the downside to that is dealers are less likely to give screaming deals because they know they have the entire rest of the week and weekend to sell that card so but for me it's it's more valuable to have more choices than trying to get some screaming deal on the price side of it do you agree i 100 percent agree and so, yeah, that's, I love Wednesdays. It's, it just feels like a chill day. Uh, everybody's kind of just, ex, it's still exciting. Nobody's really exhausted yet because <laughs> no, it, it's getting started. Yeah. I love that the show goes till eight that night, which is the only night it goes till eight. Every that's other true. night, six. So you get four good hours on the floor. And I usually use Wednesday as either, you know, kind of a get the lay of the land because, even though it's, I've been to Chicago many times for a national, it is still some things are a little bit different. They change the floor plan. You kind of get to walk around a little bit. You can't walk the whole show. 
uh, and really look at anything in four hours, but oh. you can get an idea of where things are. Okay. The, the, all the grading companies are over here. The breakers pavilions over here, you know, you can kind of get a sense of where things are. And, and I, I think that's good. That's kind of what I use Wednesday for in terms of, okay, I'm going to be here the next, you know, three days. Are you going every day this year again? As yeah. You normally do. Yes. Okay. I will be there Wednesday and I leave Saturday afternoon, okay. mid afternoon. Uh, and so I'll be there most, actually I get there on Tuesday and then and so do you, I think. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. So, um, that uh, Wednesday is a great day for to me. Like it's just a very chill day. Everybody's, you know, again, in good moods and you get to start seeing your friends. That's the best part. And then you kind of have different people coming in Thursday, early day. The show opens to VIPs at nine 30 in the morning runs till six general public at 10. Uh, Thursday's a very, to me, busy day. What do you like? What's Thursday look like for you, Eric? Thursday is very busy because it starts early and you're starting to get more people coming in because not everyone gets in on Wednesday. And some of some people's like, well, you know what? Wednesday is only a few hours. So I'm just going to wait until Thursday because Thursday is a full day. And this is true. What do I like most about Thursday? Pretty much the same things as Wednesday, but it's just expanded more. You're going to get, um, like you said, you like the lay of the land on Wednesday. Thursday, you're going to continue your journey, so to speak. And I don't know if they have a, I don't know if they have the floor plan on the website. I didn't look before we pressed record, but I don't think so yet. There's going to be a significant portion that's new. And if, if, if anyone's ever been before, if you, if you were there in 21, and you went over to where, you know, the Breakers Pavilion slash PSA is over in that area. From To my understanding, it's that area, like when you make that turn and you face right, go up that little hill. It's the area furthest back. Like if you're standing, if you're looking at PSA booth and to your left, where they have the GTS lounge stuff like that it's my understanding that's going to be all pushed back for more more tables more booths well thursday for me is also again more people are coming in town you're it's where i start my kind of methodic walk through the show i try to be very deliberate so that i try not to miss anything and and so that's when i start row by row you know i kind of go okay i'm going to do it this way this year Right. And just make sure I kind of systematically go through the entire show. I try to walk the whole floor on Thursday and that's usually possible, um, which is great. The other thing about Thursday is that's when there are multiple extracurricular activities starting to happen. Uh, typically the tops uh, get together Q and a, whatever you want to call it is Thursday evening, right after the show ends. And Thursday is also when we do our annual content creator YouTube get together. Yes. That, that's no different this year. And so I, I guess I'm going to announce it here first uh, for everybody. And I'll, we'll talk about this a lot. Eric will talk about it on his channel. Everybody, everybody will start talking about it because that'll be Thursday evening. 
uh, starting at seven o'clock in the embassy suites. And the embassy suites is literally right across the street from the convention center. And it'll be in the, uh, what's it called? There's like a lobby that they have oh, there. Yeah. You know, that's last year. No, two years ago, two years ago. Yeah. Yep. Same place. It was two years ago. Yeah. You have to go into the lobby and you kind of walk around. Up these little stairs. Yeah, Yeah, there's a little staircase, and you go up into this huge lobby. There's plenty of room. It's really convenient. The only thing that's not convenient is the bar, (laughs) but other than that, it's a great place to hold our little get together because everybody can find it, and it's centrally located to everyone. Yeah, it's easy to find. Then when you get inside, you'll just see a bunch of card card guys, and hey, is this beat up? (laughs) Exactly. So that'll be Thursday night as well. Uh, and again, if you can be there, anybody's invited. The answer is who can come? Anybody. If, yep. if you're listening to this podcast or watching this on YouTube, you are invited. So if you're right. at the National and you want to come meet Eric and other great content creators and just kind of hang out, great. Eric, uh, I don't know. I'll let people buy me beers. Sure. <laughs> you bet. Would love to would love to meet you and talk to you. And that's just a great chance to just start to meet, make new friends. Right. That's, that's right. That's what's on Thursday. Then we go to Friday, uh, Friday, same deal, nine to or eight thirty. I'm sorry, nine thirty to six. Excuse me. Uh, Friday's fun because that's when it really gets cooking. Don't you think, Eric? Yeah, it really. It, it's it it fluctuates. Some years Saturdays are crazy, but lately it's been Fridays that have been crazy. So yeah, to me it's the busiest day. Is it the busy? Well, it, you does, know, it feels like point. it to me because a lot of people do head back Sunday, Saturday evening night. So yeah, Friday. I would say Friday is the most busy. Now, what I like about Friday, well, it's Friday. It's the it's Friday. You're spending. Your, your day at, at, in a gigantic room filled with other card collectors that everyone pretty much has common ground, which is always nice. Um, another thing, like we've mentioned about Wednesday, getting deals, new stuff. Another thing to keep in mind, and it, there's no real, no great time to mention this, but I'm going to mention it now, is that replenishment. Dealers are buying inventory. They're selling inventory. They're putting new inventory out. Um, they they might not have space on their tables on Wednesday that they'll have Friday. That's why it's always good to ask. Never be afraid to ask a dealer, hey, do you have such and such? They may have it. It may be under the table because, let's be honest, booth space is expensive, so they can't put out everything they have. So that's another little tidbit. But, yeah, replenishment. You start to see stuff you didn't see the first two days. And it's happened to me. It's happened to pretty much everyone I know. And be like, did you see this? No, I didn't. What do you mean you didn't see? It's Friday. Yeah, I didn't see that yet. That's how large the show is. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if you remember, but 2019, you and I were walking around on Wednesday of the show. Uh, Yeah, Hank Aaron. And I got a Hank Aaron rookie that the guy didn't even have on his, he couldn't fit it on his case. He had it behind, you know, ready to go. His stuff got sold. He had extra inventory. And he, you know, hey, I wish you had, you know, that's why it's important to ask dealers. It's just little, we'll throw out tips and tricks kind of things as we go, just from our experiences. Don't be afraid to ask 
if you're looking for a specific card to ask the dealer, they might just have it. If they have kind of the similar stuff that you're looking for yep. and you just don't happen to see a card that you like, if you collect young guns hockey and the guy has lots, lots of young guns and you're looking for a player that you don't see, ask. If, if you're looking for vintage baseball and he's got all the years that you like and, oh, man, I just don't see a Roy Campanella or whoever, ask. They mm-hmm. might have. It's worth the worth asking. And another positive side, not necessarily a side effect, but another part of that positive outcome of doing that is you have conversation with the dealer and, you know, the dealer not necessarily cut you a break, but he might realize, well, you know what? This guy's actually collecting. He's not looking to buy this to take it and list it on eBay as soon as he walks away from my table. I, I think I think that that is something, and I know that our list, our listenership here on this channel, especially this topic, skews towards the older stuff as far as collecting. I think that's important. I, I think that's an understated understated aspect of going to the show is is not only you know, you get to meet the dealers, you can start lifelong friendships just from starting a conversation about something they might have for sale. I personally, I can speak of that. I've had it happen to me many times where I've gotten a better deal just because the dealer got to hear why that card was important to me, why I was looking mm-hmm. for it. And I, I, we say this in any video you see us talk about negotiating eight, about negotiation never lie but if you have a passion about something don't be afraid to share that and talk about that because you may hit a soft spot with that dealer or soften them up a little bit on the price and that's never a bad thing or he might know someone that could help you out amen to that too yeah they all you know oh yeah uh, tony over there has that card i don't have it but you know exactly tony, tony does let me let me go introduce you and then it becomes a much easier opportunity for yourself so yeah, always talk about that stuff. Always ask. Um, Friday's also when kind of a lot of the corporate, you know, corporate stuff starts going a little bit more haywire. They start doing all kinds of cool stuff, giveaways and box breaks and you, you know, all kinds of cool stuff. The corporate parties usually start Fridays. They start hosting, you know, different kinds of opportunities to go and yeah, none of that stuff's been announced yet, surprisingly. But no, but it'll it'll be coming down the pike here over the next uh, couple of weeks, months, maybe or month, probably. Usually by mid June, we kind of know. Yeah. What what's happening when? Uh, Saturdays super crazy busy again. Nine to. Uh, or I'm sorry, it opens at ten. Nine thirty for VIPs. Ten o'clock. Ten to six. And Sunday's the same thing. Uh, Let's let's just skip to Sunday because Saturday is pretty much a repeat of Friday in yeah a whole lot of ways, and Sunday is the last day. I'm never I never go. I've never been to a national on Sunday ever. We'll have to work on that. We need to work on that. But I know you love Sunday uh, for different reasons. What what about a Sunday appeals to you, Eric? Well, Sunday is different. Um, I've been fortunate enough to attend many nationals now, and. Sunday has actually transformed over the years. You know, a decade ago, Sundays were kind of uh, not desolate, but you'd see a lot of dealers packing up early 
heading home, catching flights, whatever it may be. And then I want to say is actually, you know, before the pandemic, the the national kind of put their foot down saying, look, you guys are dealers who are renting booths have to be in on Sunday. And it makes sense if you stop and think about it because it, and Sunday is also kids day, I believe. I don't know if they've changed that, but in the past it's been kids day. So families can bring their kids and it's more economical. Plus if someone can only get there on a Sunday and they go and it's 75% empty, it's just a bad look. I mean, it, you got to take into effect when you, into account when your your target market can attend and Sunday is a legit is a legit day. Now Sundays can also work a couple of ways. Back in the old days, as I like to call them before the before the pandemic, Sundays were a fantastic way to pick up especially like retail wax, stuff like that, almost on clearance because you know at the time the dealers didn't want to lug it back to the to their homes or their shops. But that's kind of gone away now. You still might get some deals on Sunday because, you know, if someone's had a particularly slow show for them, they might be willing to cut some deals. But, again, it's it's more of a, a relaxed atmosphere. It's a winding down process. It's... You know, you're saying goodbyes to your people you won't see again until the next year. That type of thing. Do you think my speculation is that we'll start seeing some of that stuff coming back as the hobby kind of normalizes a little bit post-pandemic? And I think we'll have more opportunities for that as, as wax is being produced as fast as they can print it, essentially. That's true. It, we, the oversupply is going to create an opportunity for the big wax dealers at the show, and all of them will be there. If you if you love wax, you're, you'll have no shortage of it at yep. the show. And uh, I think we'll just see maybe some more opportunities late in the show. Uh, and it's important to, I think, if we're talking about wax dealers or one of my favorite booths is Baseball Card Exchange. Uh, certainly they have wax, old wax, whatever but they do a lot of, they used to do daily deals, you know, what they called the deal of the day. Yeah. Back they in got, the old times. <laughs> back, back in the old times that has not been there the last two shows at all. No, it hasn't. They and haven't had no need really. I mean, the stuff right. itself. Totally. I get it. I just didn't like it because I love oh. the dealers of the day. Exactly. But it's important. What if you find a dealer and or a, a vendor that you really like to be checking their Facebook pages, their Instagrams, you know, because there will be a lot of stuff that happens really on the fly and you, you won't know it until that day. And so it's important to kind of stay in tune with what's happening on social media, Twitter, wherever they'll be announcing these deals and you just don't want to miss out on something. So it's kind of important. Usually the night before uh, you can check these different places because they'll announce in the evening what they're going to be doing the next day. So just a little extra trick for you, something to be doing and checking out. Um, and then the show ends on Sunday. So Sunday, five o'clock, the, the doors close until 2024. But I think that's kind of just the the basic information about the show. 
a lot of people always ask me every time we do this, Eric, well, what about autographs and stuff like that? Well, you all that autograph information you can see here, the autograph pavilion kind of banner right here. And if you go to TriStar's website, right on the front page, which is tristarproductions.com, you'll be able to see the autograph lineup. And this year, I mean, it's it's very football heavy. You can see all these football players, Barry Sanders, Jerry Rice, Emmett Smith, uh, Kurt Warner, Charles Woodson, so many guys, Michael Vick, a lot of guys, it's their first national appearance. Uh, Darrell Revis is going to be there. Johnny Manziel, yeah, what a jack wagon he is. Michael Irvin. <laughs> Uh, I mean, Larry Zonka is going to be there. His first national appearance, Tony Baselli. So tons of great football guys that are going to be there. Dan Marino, I think, is going to be there. Joe Montana. Then you get to baseball. Uh, you've got Johnny Bench, uh, Wade Boggs, Clemens. Kirk Gibson will be there. Uh, it's his first national appearance. And then you've got normal guys, Raleigh Fingers, Goose Gossage, Juan Marichal, Jim Cott. Chipper will be there, Trevor Hoffman. So many uh, guys. You, usually you'll have the new guys in the Hall of Fame. So McGriff and Scott Rowland will be there, both. Uh, they try to get those guys right after they get in, uh, elected to the Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. And it'll be, I think, a week after they get uh, inducted. So they're always in a really good mood. Those are guys that, that are good That's to right. talk to. But Yount and Tommy and Thomas. So then you got basketball guys. Dr. J is going to be there. Allen Iverson is going to be there. Kevin McHale, Robert Parrish, Bill Walton, Stephon Marbury. So you got even Floyd Mayweather. So these are being added to weekly, the guests that are going to be signing at the show. So that's something you want to kind of keep up to uh, looking at is at the TriStar thing. None of the prices are out yet. None of the days in which those guys are uh, showing up are there yet. And so just keep checking in with the TriStar website if you want to get more information about that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, what is next? What else do you want to talk about, Eric? You got any more tips and tricks for people? Well, I have a couple of, uh, yeah, a couple of suggestions. I mean, <clears throat> You know, we're not going to go over, bring a backpack, comfortable shoes, water, blah, blah, blah. You know, the basic stuff you can find everywhere. You want to, you do want to bring either pen and paper or like a notepad or, or use on your phone. You want to keep track. If you see something you like, you want to keep track of it right there. You want to write it down where it is. You're not going to remember. Take my word on it. Oh, I'm going to remember. No, you're not. I've done it. My friends have done it. Everyone's, uh, yeah, I'm going to go look at this later. Well, where is it? Oh, uh, I can't remember. That's how big this place is. Now, on the other thing, well, I'll just keep all my my checklists on my phone, which is great, unless, you know, you and 20,000 other people are trying to use data at the same time, and then you're struggling with trying to pull up your checklists on, you know, whatever it is, website that you use to keep your checklist it's good to have a physical copy i think that is important not only just to have it your own checklist but then you can actually take notes on it as well on the literal paper because you want to don't be afraid what's your booth number you know booth numbers are important because the aisles all have numbers and letters so that is important 
Yeah, I. It, for those of you listening on podcasts, I am sitting over here nodding my head <laughs> in complete agreement with Eric. Uh, one of my biggest things is to make sure you're taking notes, like he said. Uh, get a card, get a booth number. You know, if you get a card, I, I wouldn't get all the. You're gonna have a hard time keeping up with business cards, even if you write down. Yeah. What card you're looking for? So, have something on your phone, a notepad. I I have a physical list. Uh, I have the printed out. I don't know if I'll need it, but I'd rather have it and not need it than need it and not have it. Absolutely. So to me, that is just something that goes along with kind of preparing for the show is having that stuff. And and certainly you need backpacks and storage boxes and all the different, you know, uh, bring some supplies, all that good stuff that you're going to want to have. Certainly those are all easy things. Our friends always make fun of us about comfortable shoes and, Like, duh, of course you need comfortable shoes, wear deodorant, you know, all the kind of national jokes that happen annually as we begin talking about this. But do please wear deodorant. That's it. Just, <laughs> just a good idea. And brush your teeth, like all those things, like simple things, like just do those things. You'll be good. Hygiene is important. Uh, yeah. And I think to me, it's important to have a lot of patience at the national. It is crowded and busy and you know if you have a card you want to look at and i'm only saying this really for my own edification because i need to practice this a little bit more when i'm at a show at the national is you know you have a some pelly kid coming up there with his case and putting it on the on the glass and you're looking at a card and he interrupts the dealer and the dealers are doing deals and it takes forever and i just want to ask about a card uh, it, it can kind of get annoying. So I need to practice some patience myself. Don't you think that's important? Yes, very much so. Yeah, it's just, it's just crowded. Uh, there will be dollar boxes galore, uh, all kinds of stuff. You know, uh, it's not all graded. I think a lot of people ask me, you know, is it only graded cards? Hardly. Uh, I, I no. think the hobby itself is kind of reverting back to non-graded cards, uh, and they're great. You know, th- there's plenty of things for everyone, I guess, is the point. Yep. If you're a graded guy, there'll be plenty of that stuff. Bargain slab. God, I remember, gosh, right pre-pandemic, man, it was so great because you could, you know, 10 slabs for $20, kind of like maybe not yeah. that good of deals, but close. Well, uh, you got that Messina rookie that year. I did. I got a Messina for $5. I mean, yep. it would, it, that kind of stuff is happened a lot and uh, we're gonna see it again but not not stuff that people are gonna want yeah it'll be all gavin lux rookies and, that's right <laughs> you know bowl bowl you know prism basketball rookies uh so but even still looking through boxes this is a place to do that if you're a showcase shopper like myself doing a little digging might be uh, a good idea because you'll be able to find stuff through the, but they can't put everything in showcases, right, Eric? That's right. So there'll be a lot of opportunity to, if you're willing to do the work and hunt, which is fun. Like that's, that's part of the fun. So don't forget to, don't ignore the boxes, I guess is what I'm trying to say. That's my kind of tip and trick. Yeah. What else you got for everybody? Well, I think not just for the show, but in general, I think it's important to, to, um, talk about this a little bit you want to you hear a lot of people say well you know what 
I'll just find the cheaper on eBay. You may, but there's intrinsic value to be able to inspect the card in person, regardless of what the assigned grade is. You still want to look at the card. That adds some to it, but I think it's important, you know, obviously to have your want list, to try the best you can to stick to it. But I think, how do I say this? Don't worry so much about what comps are. You know, it's it actually happened to a friend of mine just tonight. Last week, he had shown me an auction for a mid-50s card in a PSA 1 holder that looked amazing because it had a pinhole in it. And he was telling me the previous high was six years ago. It sold for 125 so he says, oh, I'm going to go about 150-ish. Then when it, it ended at 175, and he was kind of upset that he did not win. And then he's like, well, you know, I could have gone to 200, and I still might not have won. Now, that's true. But then I told him this. I told him something that I think is going to stick with him for a long time. It's easier for you to go make $200 than it is to find another copy of that card that looks like that. And I, I think I'm going to say that again because our audience here tends to do the vintage. It's easier for you to go and make another $200 than it is to find a copy of that card in a PSA 1 that looks like that. I think this is important because people, you know, you're starting to see a lot of, for lack of better terminology, a lot of the younger Pelly boys are starting to dip their toe into the vintage and they're all about the comps and they're not, they don't, they're not quite grasping, you know, and this is a worn out term now, but we've been, Mike and I have been saying this for decade. I appeal, you know, a one is not a one is not a one, you know, a three might look might look better than a six. It, it, there's so many factors when it comes to grading to use the grading scale to your advantage as a collector. Pinholes, paper loss on the back, these things save you a lot of money. So me personally, I have a couple of cards. Obviously, I'm not going to spill the beans here on the show because that's just going to create competition for myself. But they're not, you know, surprise cards. But there's a couple of cards I would like to add to my collection if I can find them in the right grade for the right price. And, you know, we're talking about cards that came out well before I was born. So if I don't find them, that's okay. Because I don't, I've i never owned them up until today. So if I have to wait another year, it's really not a big deal. Um, the one particular card, I looked at a few copies at the show last year. Uh, never wasn't able to... Uh, you know, successfully haggle with particular yeah. sellers. I mean, I ran into a couple of sellers that were uh, a little sour. Let's put it that way. So they got to keep their card. So I, I think that, you know, it's important. You see the card that you like. It's fairly within the range you want to spend. Even if it's Wednesday night, buy it because, you know, the significant amount of funds 
is insignificant to a card that's going to bring you joy that you might not see again. You might not, you might, you might see it Wednesday. You'll jot down, Hey, I'm going to come back tomorrow. And, and I, I really like that card. It's close. I'm going to really like it. I'll see you in the morning and come back in the morning. It's gone. That's happened to me. I'm sure it's happened to Mike. You know, it, you come back and the deal's like, Oh man, I sold it. Yeah. Because you know? they're not going to wait for you. No. Because no, they don't know you're going to come back. And I think something you're making a point that I think is even more, let me, let me emphasize it even more in that your friend who didn't spend the $200, it's easy to make $200 or it's easier to make $200 than it is to not buy the card. Usually the Delta, if you're looking at comps and let's say a card is worth, you know, selling for 200 and the dealer has it at 220 you know, is that $20 worth not buying the card Exactly. In, in the moment? Now, you can be stubborn and you can certainly ask for a better deal. And, and my, my second point, after agreeing with you on, hey, if you see it and you like it, buy it. But do not be afraid to negotiate. Right. And, I mean, again, I'm, I'm a big, you've heard me preach this a long time, Eric, never pay sticker, right? Right. Uh, <laughs> I, I do agree with that, and I will not ever pay. I will personally not ever pay sticker. Even Unless sticker is too low. Well, I, <laughs> I'll even still ask. I, I, <laughs> That's uh, true. Yes, you will. Yeah. I you will. For $5 off, yes. I, yeah, there was a 51 Bowman George Kell. The guy had, it was a PSA 4. The guy had $10 on it, and I had the gall to ask him for $5. And he gave it to me for $5. So <laughs> uh, that was at the National Cup. That was post pandemic even. So, wow. um, my point is ask, they can always say no. And if it's a deal that you just feel like, okay, I just don't want to let this card go, you know, go ahead and buy it. Uh, so it's kind of both, it's both. And right. Don't, right. don't miss opportunities. Don't let a couple of dollars from comps drive your decision to buy a card that you want. If it's in the eye appeal and, you know, right. especially all, all if you're of, looking for a long time. Yeah. It tells you something. Like if you want a card in a two and you want a high eye appeal card in a two and you, you wanted this high eye appeal card in a two for three years, you have to start to weigh, well, you know what? I don't want to pay this amount, but something I've been looking for for three years, what's that worth? Yeah. Yeah. Also for me, like you said, you had a couple cards. You don't want to disclose what they are. I, I actually have, 650 cards I want. So my want list is long. And so people ask me, what, what cards are you targeting? And I, and I typically try to buy, you know, a couple and, and, but not necessarily, I mean, I'm just going to see what I can see and hope I always, every show I will come away with cards. I had zero intent going into the show to buy. Uh, last year it was a Sadahara O card. Yeah, you made me buy one of those. I know. <laughs> it was just too cool not to buy it, you know? Yeah, that's what I said to myself when you showed it to me. I was like, oh, I, I, you got that from Robert? I, I got to go over there. Yeah, Robert's great. Uh, and then I bought a Derek Jeter 93 SP autograph, you know. That's right, I remember that. A, uh, huge card, <laughs> expensive card that I had, you know, I wasn't going in going, I'm going to find one of these. Right. Uh, but a guy had a whole case full of them and I was able to get it, you know, relatively cheap. Right. And so, 
that just happens all the time. And so for me going in without, you know, a prescribed list, I'll kind of have a top 10 that I'll create as I get closer to the show. Cause we still got a few months. I may pick up, you know, cards that would be on that list today might end up in my collection between now and then. And well, so, that, and that's another important thing. Yeah. If you, Go ahead. you know, I would not put all my eggs in one basket per se, as far as all, I'll, I see that if I see a card I want in tomorrow for the price I want to pay tomorrow, I'm not going to say, well, let me just wait. I'll get it at the national. Oh gosh. I hear people say that all the time. And I'm yeah, like, because you might not see oh, it. That's right. It, it is the biggest show in the land, but it doesn't mean if it's, if it's, you know, if it's a particularly difficult card to find, even if it's a not, you know, if it's a new shiny card, you still might not see it. It's possible. So don't, you know, we all love going to the show and buying stuff, but, you know, don't, like you just said, you've seen people say, oh, if it's mid-June, ah, oh, I won't buy this. I'll just wait. Eh, it might be risky depending on what it is. Yeah. So I'll have a, I'll have a kind of target list of things I'm in quote unquote, particularly looking for. It might be a, the final card of a player run or a certain year that I'm doing all the hall of famers or whatever. So that, that'll formulate itself in the coming weeks and months uh, yep. as we gear up. And that's always exciting. Any final, as we kind of wrap this up a little bit, any final thoughts, tricks, tips for people? <clears throat> out there? Yeah. Okay. If you're on the fence about going, and this is what I'm going to say about Chicago. Chicago is the best place they have it. I've been fortunate enough to go to every one since 2010. They didn't have it in 2020, but every other one I've been able, fortunate enough to go. And Chicago is hands down the best. And there's a reason for that. Not necessarily the floor space, although I'm, I'm curious to see what the new edition looks like. It's everything that happens after the show. I think that is extremely important <clears throat> because the show ends at six, they boot you out. It's not like, oh, you'll get out of there at seven. No, you're out of there. They kick you out. Now in Chicago, you've got the Hyatt across the street, Hilton across the street, Embassy Suites across the street. Uh, uh, Lowe's is like 10 blocks away. Those are like the four main hotels. They're literally across the street. Where are you going? Well, I'm going, I'm staying in over here. You want to go eat? Yeah, yeah, let's go to Gibson's, which is right across the street. Um, very important. It just it just adds to the experience. Now, if you're attending the show for the first time and you've got kids, and I'm not talking five, six year olds, I'm talking about you know, 12, 13, 14 year olds or youngins right every night after the show there is a trade night at every hotel except yeah except maybe sunday night right everyone books out but wednesday night thursday night friday night saturday night there is a there's a huge one usually at you know like there's little ones at all of them but there are there will be extremely sizable trade nights at the different hotels now, because in 2021, the last time it was in Chicago, you know, 
there's an official show trade night that one of the famous quote unquote famous YouTubers puts on and it's very Panini gets involved. It's very, you know, basketball, football heavy. But besides that, that was on Friday. Or it might have been. Might have it was been Thursday. It's Thursday night. That's Thursday. Yeah. And, oh, that's right. Because it was Thursday. And then Friday night, the Lowe's Hotel, which is maybe 10 blocks away, half mile, which is still walking distance. There was a trade night in there, an unofficial trade night where there were probably in the lobby, probably four or five hundred people. And every everybody was trading. Everyone was having a good time. And what stood out to me is when I walked up to the, I knew about the trade night, and I walked up there, and I think I was actually by myself. There was a man sitting on the curb trading. He was sitting outside of his car, which happened to be a Lamborghini. Yeah, I was about to say, wasn't that the Lamborghini guy? The Lamborghini guy, he had a cutout, he had a life-size cutout of Leo Messi, and he was trading soccer right there on the sidewalk. Yep. Never seen anything like that. It was just friendly, saying hello. It's just amazing. It's just the atmosphere is amazing. If you're thinking about, if you're on the fence about going, you can make it work. I cannot stress enough. You're going to have, it's, it, I just can't imagine you not having a good time. It's just, I don't want to say it's impossible. I guess somebody could always not have a good time, but man, you're just going to meet people. You're going to, you know, I know it's kind of a taboo word, but networking, meeting other people and making friends that you're going to have for a lifetime. And the offshoots of, of having these friends are, you know, like, um, like, you know, throwing a large pebble into a pond. You just got the, the waves going out, waves going out. You, you, you never know who you're going to become friends with. Um, offshooting a little bit from the national, but you know, your friend of mine, JT, who is a full-time dealer, triple crown 24, you know, he's going to shows almost every weekend and he, he lives in the Midwest. He'll shoot me a message. Hey, you need this, that type of thing. You've got you make friends all over the country. I've got friends who live in California. They're at a show. Hey, I saw this at a show. You need it. I'll pick it up for you. You pay me back. These are things that, that you cannot get by being, you know, an eBay only guy like, yeah. or, you know, auction house online, online only guy. You're just, you're not going to, I mean, it's not impossible, but it's unlikely. Yep. I have made the same kind of friends as you. Uh, and by the way, if you're at the show and you see me or Eric and you want to say hi, please, please do. Absolutely. Um, Eric will have a small entourage around him at all times, <laughs> bodyguards and whatnot. But hey, just say you watch those back pages and uh, they'll let you through. That's the code word. That's the I code watch, word. I watch those or grading is a scam or something. What right. else? What, <laughs> what's the official code word so somebody knows they can talk to you that you'll know they've watched this? Ah, uh, that's no, oh, I didn't even think of that. Grading is a scam. I like that. <laughs> Well, Eric, uh, any final thoughts before I let you go, before we let everybody go? No, I, I think that pretty much covers everything. I hope to meet you guys there. Please say hello. 
Same here. And uh, if you have any questions or something we didn't cover that you want to know about, put them in the comments below. You can shoot me a direct message uh, on Instagram at baseball collector Mike, and we'll be happy to to talk with you. Eric and I will monitor the comments here and, you know, give you guys any information that we can and drop some knowledge, use our experience to, to help you guys have a great experience because that's what it's all about. It is, it really is so much fun. We hope you to see you all there in just a couple of months, 71 days. Nice. Uh, we're, we're getting closer, Eric. So thanks everybody for watching this week. We'll talk to you guys soon. Uh, we'll have an episode next week and keep collecting.